Okay, so Kyle, my son, who used to be read to me when I was when you were a child, we'll be editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> that blooper is from a fun interview with my son. The rest of the conversation is up next, and then I'll introduce you to an intriguing cozy mystery series full of books and a hook. Stay tuned. Welcome to the House of Books. I'm Catherine, your host. We'll talk about fiction, mystery, fantasy, memoir, and more, all with the goal of helping you find your next great read. So Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So as a millennial, what kind of reading do you typically do in a week? It varies depending on the time of the year and whether something is interesting to me at the time. By default, I don't read as a part of my daily ritual. But recently, you and I went to the bookstore and you helped me pick out some books that I thought might be interesting. So I've been reading those. Okay. And how but, have you liked those? Um, I've, of the two, the one that I thought I would like less, um, I, I'm mediocre on. And I haven't started the other one yet, but I'm going to soon. But I'm, I think I'll like it better. So. Yeah. And just for everybody's knowledge, that book is Into Thin Air by John Krakauer. That's a very popular book. Always has been. But I know, so it's interesting that when I asked what kind of reading you do, you immediately defaulted to books. And that's not necessarily the only reading that I know you do. No, so, I, have to, I have to read a lot of words at work. Yeah. So that's... You okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about reading for pleasure? You must do other reading for pleasure. I just read like news articles and stuff like uh, mm -hmm. the news. Mm-hmm. I check that multiple times a day and I'll read a couple articles online. I don't really read magazines. You do audiobooks. You have a favorite audiobook author. I do. I listen. Oh, yeah. I, I never think of that as reading. But yeah, I, I do like David Sedaris and I've got all of his um, books on audiobook. So you've said that before, um, that you don't think of that as reading. Why is that? Why do you do? You, I mean, you're still learning a story. I guess not reading, but it's like watching. A story. It's like watching TV because you're not setting the pace. Reading to me has always been, in part, a chore because it's like work, and you have to set the pace. You have to you have to build up the momentum. Um, and, and an audio book, it's just being fed to you, just like when you're watching TV. That's true. Consider the fact that before the written word was ever around, people were telling stories orally and stories have been passed down. So there's no shame in it. Keep listening. They're good books. David Sedaris, I, especially, he's so much better by ear than by, by eye. He is. So you did used to read somewhat when you were a child. What kind of books do you remember enjoying? Harry Potter. And there were a couple other just miscellaneous ones come to mind, like the uh, the My Side of the Mountain books. I think I, mm -hmm. I think I read a lot of that stuff you read to me. Yeah, I don't remember, but 
that was the biggest one is the Harry Potter series. Then there's a, probably a few dozen other ones sprinkled throughout there. Those books, those My Side of the Mountain books, I think there was three of them, two or three of them. Yeah. Those were good books. There's The Other Side of the Mountain and something with the, the Falcon's name, the Falcon's Mountain or something. Yeah. Every time I take a walk in in the forest here, I think about what it would be like if I could like burrow into that big tree and just live there for a winter. Yeah. It's not a it's not a bad not a bad prospect. No, when I was a kid that was like a magical thing to me is I had this fantasy of living in the woods by myself yeah. and it not being difficult. I I thought it was interesting how in the my side of the mountain books one of the it was like supposed to be told from the kid's perspective. And one of the things he did was he had like he gathered nuts and he had like acorns and he said he made acorn pancakes. I don't understand what what that, how can you just make pancakes out of acorns? I mean, I know you can make like almond flour, I guess it's the same principle, but they must just tasted like dirt. I know that people cook with acorns, that people roast them and cook, cook with them. I've never tasted one and I can't, Imagine how much time it must have taken that little boy to grind up those acorns to make flour. I think it's very popular among squirrels. Mm-hmm. I to like them. I have heard that squirrels really do like acorns. Why did we, do you remember in those books why it was okay for this kid to just take off and live in a tree? Yeah, I don't think you were just supposed to ask too many questions about that. Because it was just like supposed to be the, the adventure of it. So the other books were on the far side of the mountain and frightful's mountain frightful must have been the falcon frightful i wanted to say frisco but i knew that wasn't right <laughs> yeah <laughs> those were good stories i was having a lot of anxiety when i was reading those to you during that time period and it where where the concept of living someplace like that far away from people was interesting to you to me it was really really calming hmm. And just reading about it meant that I didn't have to actually go and live inside a tree in a hemlock forest. There's a book by Margaret Atwood where there's an animal called a pigoon. So she she writes these books about these this dystopian future, and animals are they've been genetically modified so that they can be used to harvest human organs like for transplants and a pigoon might have like an ear or an arm growing on it or something i think i don't think i have that exactly right but she writes some good stuff she's the one who wrote the handmaid's tale which has been a movie and a miniseries very dystopian i like i like a lot of her stuff a lot and those books were good but they confused me a little bit i would have to read them all over again it's sort of like looking at a map and finding your way around and not really knowing how you did it that, that's why I hate that's why reading is such a chore sometimes because they make it just such a pain to figure out what's going on. It's like I don't I'm not getting I'm not I'm doing this so I can relax, not having to think more after work. Yeah, you need to find some light reading. Well, you yeah. don't need to. I mean, do whatever you want. So if you maybe aim for more memoir. I think that's easier to follow fiction. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of fiction authors seem to really like piling on the characters and that makes me crazy because they'll have like eight characters with similar names and i always have to make a list well not always but i do sometimes even have to start making a list at the first chapter just so i can keep all the characters straight if i know i'm going to review the book 
It's a problem. Yeah. Well, it's like that Ohio book, the Paul Bunyan book. Yeah. When that when when it's like supposed to be kind of folksy and they and and tall taley, and they have these crazy names like oh I'm big small and this is Sister Carly Apple Barrel and it's just like yeah. We just have a regular name. And Cinnamon Sue. Yeah. <laughs> Clever. I know that's not really a character, but I made that up. That's a great, it's a great character. And just in time for holidays. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Kyle, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today over the airwaves, talking about reading. Um, I know we talk about it all the time, so we kind of rehashed some stuff, but it was still a fun chat. Thanks, Catherine. Everybody else? Talk to you, too. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I love a good cozy mystery. I've been spending some time in my public library recently as part of my A to Z mystery tour in which I choose a few books from each Bay in the Mystery section in alphabetical order by author. With each episode, I'll be spotlighting one of those books. Today I'm talking about a book by Ellery Adams called Murder in the Mystery Suite. It's part of the book retreat mysteries. So here's the story. Jane Stewart is the manager of Storyton Hall a book-themed resort hotel. During her long-anticipated murder and mayhem week, there is a real murder, which means that Jane is forced to facilitate the event while doing some sleuthing of her own. She's wrangling her twin boys, and she's keeping her aunt Octavia and Uncle Aloysius Stewart, who own the resort, calm and safe, all while she tries to solve the murder. The story moves along nicely, And soon there's a completely unexpected twist that makes the prospect of reading all eight books in this series much more intriguing. Without the twist, Murder in the Mystery Suite would probably be a 3 or 3.5 star book. This overriding theme that shows up, though, definitely bumps it up to at least a 4 star book. At 276 pages in the Mass Market Edition, this is a book you can finish easily in a few days. One thing I enjoyed about the book is that all the characters are listed at the front of the book, the hotel staff and the town merchants, for easy reference. There's also a nicely placed little hook at the very end of the tale that sets the stage for an interesting book, too. Did I read this review almost word for word from my website? Yes, I did. Would I read the next book in this series? Yes, because I loved this one. You will, too, and you might even start to think about opening your own book resort. Do you know about a real-life resort with a literary theme? We'd love to hear about it. Visit yourbookgroup.com and on the menu, hover on Podcast. From the drop-down, choose Episode 2 and then share your bookish resort in a comment. Thank you for joining us at the House of Books. If you laughed or learned something today, consider a 5-star rating. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss your next great read. We'll see you next time.